Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church. Well, great to see you guys. If I hadn't had a chance to meet you yet, um, my name is Samuel, and Beck and I just have the absolute honor of serving you guys here at Life West. So glad you guys are here. A couple things I do want to mention. Number one is we do realize it's getting full in here. And so we are doing some stuff. To One is to make some room. Um, the school has just been super, super generous to us, and it's been really easy to work with, and they've given us permission to hang some of these lights up and get the, the speakers up as well, which will help get the sound all the way to the back and get some more stuff up in the air so we can put out some more chairs, make some more room. But here's something that's coming up that's just right around the corner that I want to mention. Easter is right around the corner. And here's why I want to mention that. It's not just because, well, I'm a pastor and Easter's great. That's the one time you actually count people. You're like, yep, they're all here. This is great. No, 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 it's not that. Here, here's the number one reason why I love Easter is this, is people who are far from God are open to going to church. And it's really weird because it doesn't make sense to me. Like, well, but it's, a, it's kind of like a church holiday Jesus thing. But for some reason... People who are far from God are open, more open than normal to going to church. So here's what I really want to encourage you to do. Invite. Invite somebody. Just invite them. It's amazing the number of times that we talk with people and they're like, I'd go, but nobody ever invited me. And maybe you've asked once, maybe you've asked twice. Let me just encourage this. Ask them again. I never forget, I was at a gas station filling up with, with gas and guys right out there with me. So we just start, start talking. And I'm like, somehow I got to talking about God and church. And I'm like, well, do you go to a church? And he's like, actually, I just got invited to one and I, I've, I've started going. And I was like, hold on, hold on, hold on. And he, starts, he goes, what? I go, you got invited to church and so you went? And he's like, well, not the first few times. I'm like, what do you mean? And he goes, well... I go, no, no, seriously, I said, I want to know, like, what, what happened? And he goes, honestly, he goes, I, I finally went because I ran out of excuses. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my goodness. So let me encourage you. If the person that you've been inviting, like, but I've invited them so many times, maybe this time they'll be out of excuses. And they come, and God speaks to them, and all of eternity is changed for them. So let me encourage you, invite. And on that note, also, Easter, we'll be having two services because we will not fit everybody in one, as you know. So we'll have a 9 and an 11 o'clock service on Easter. And let me just ask this, though. If, as we're making it and thinking about Easter and moving some things around, if you're like, you know what I can do? Because here's one of the things I love about two services is this, is you can serve one service and attend a service. And you can get it all in there. All done on Sunday morning. So let me encourage you in this. If you're like, you know what, I haven't served yet, but I could do something just on Easter. I, I could serve one of those services. If you would, then Carrie's going to be in the back after service, right back by that small group sign. You can't miss her. She's bright pink. But after service, if you're like, you know what, I could do that. I could serve one, attend one, and I could help make church great for somebody else that's coming. If you could do that, we would love that as we help just make it great for others that are coming. But we're in a series right now called Simple Truths. And simple doesn't mean easy. Okay, I just really want to say that. Simple does not 
mean easy. In fact, I think the easier somebody else makes something look, the harder it is. You look at somebody that's really good at something and they do it and you're like, well, that doesn't look that hard. I bet I could do that. And then you try it and you're like, no, 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 I cannot. I, I, I do not have that. But here's what we're looking at. What we've been looking at over the last couple of weeks is we've been looking at faith. Because 2 Corinthians 5 says this. It says, for we live by faith and not by sight. And every believer Every Christ follower, this is meant to be our mantra. This is meant to be, this is for us, that we live by faith and not by sight. And we've been talking about faith these last three weeks, and this is a little bit different than maybe what you're used to hearing, especially from me, because what we've been doing is we're talking about faith, and then the next week we rewind, and we go right back to the same thing, and we're kind of, we're building again some of the things that we said before, but what we're doing is we're building on top. So we're layering, we're building this wall on top of what we said the week before. So here's what we're going to start with, is we're going to start with what faith is, which is Hebrews 11.1. Now faith is the assurance, the title deed, the confirmation of things hoped for, divinely guaranteed. Divinely guaranteed, this means this is a promise from God. This isn't something that you're just like, well, I would really like a new car, so that would be great. I'll take one of those. No, no, that's not what this is. This is a divine guarantee. This is something that God has said. In the evidence of things that are not seen, he said it so it's true, but it hasn't happened yet. It's coming. The conviction of the reality. Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. This is first. This is what faith is. And now, let me just say this. Every believer has faith. Because the Bible says in Ephesians 2.8, for it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. So that's you. If you're a believer, you have faith, and this is about you. But that being said, the divine promises, what is that? How do we know? Well, Romans 10.17 says faith comes by hearing and hearing the message, and that message is heard through the word about Christ or through the word of God. We need to know what God's promises are so that we can stand on them. You can hope for anything you want. You can wish on a falling star. But God's promises are what we can have faith in. When I was in Bible college, it almost, almost once a week we had like a, a, a general assembly, and we'd all go into the, we'd have some worship, and they'd get up and say some stuff. And, and remember one, one week we're there, and, and all, this happened almost every week, actually. Almost every week they would get up there, and they'd be like, okay, um, Please don't write faith checks. If you don't have money in your bank account, don't write checks for tuition. And he's like, and definitely don't put faith in the memo. They're like, we, they're like, don't do it. And I, where I, and, and I would just kind of smile. But here's the thing. What it was was a bunch of people who were excited to learn about God, God's Word, but what they're doing is they're like, I want this to be true. They're hoping there's money in their bank account, but it's not, they know it's not. So they write faith on it, and then they write a check for tuition, and then it bounces. Like, no, you can't do that. You can't do that. And I, it's like, do you think God is a counterfeiter? Did he just like throws money in bank accounts just at random? That's what our government does, not God. <laughs> like, he doesn't counterfeit. 
It's going to come through a natural channel. What do you need to do? Faith is standing on a promise of God. That's what faith is. And we need to exercise our faith. We need to use our faith. We're meant to walk by faith. That's something we're meant to be doing daily. Close your eyes and see how long you can go before you bump into, slam into something, anything. I, I like running, and one of the things I, I enjoy running sometimes is, is I like to see how long I can go with my eyes closed. So, so, so what I'll do is, it, it's not as bad as it sounds, because what I find, you guys are like, what in the world? How's he stand? But hold on, let me just explain a little bit. What, what I'll do is I'll find a stretch of sidewalk with grass on each side, and I'm like, I bet I can make it to that far crack. And so I'll, clo- I'll be like, okay, this is where I'm going, and then I'll close my eyes and I just keep running. But here's what I've got. I've got a buffer of grass on each side. So if I do happen to like go off, I'm like, I'm stepping in grass, and I'm like, oh no, hold on, stop. And I've only like sprained my ankle doing that like once. The rest of the time, it works, and you get bored running sometimes. You're like, what else can I do? And I, So I'll close my eyes, and that's you guys are laughing at me for doing that. You're like, that's so silly. But we're meant to live by faith and not by sight and to not rely on our sight. It's meant to be something, you laugh at me for running for just a 50 yards, 20 yards more like it with my eyes closed, but yet how often do we completely just rely on our eyes where we live by sight and not by faith? We, as believers, are meant to reverse that. Where we look, we see, we know what's there, but we live and we make our decisions not based on what we see, but on what God's Word says. I'm like, well, this is what God's Word says, so this is what I'm going to do. And as a result, our faith grows as we see God's promises true in our life. Romans 4, verse 19, talking about Abraham, and it says, And Abraham's faith did not weaken. It can weaken. Abraham's didn't, but it can. Even though at about 100 years of age, he figured his body was as good as dead, God came to Abraham and said, I'm going to make you the father of nations. And he's, he's old. He's, he's, this, is, this is the way I'll put it. He's old. It's not supposed to be. He's like, this, my body doesn't. He's old. And so was Sarah's womb. Verse 20, Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, what does it say? His faith grew stronger. Our faith is meant to grow, and it does that when we do, when we trust God in one area of our life, and we're like, I, I forgave, and I'm the one that feels better. Because your word said to forgive, so I did. I did it, and it's working. When we're married and we're like, okay, your word says that I'm, I'm to lay down my life for my wife. And we're like, well, what happens? And what if she runs all over me? What? And God's like, do it. And we're like, okay, and it works. And we build faith. Our faith is meant to get stronger and stronger because we exercise it. And if we don't exercise it, it will not get stronger. But here's the thing. Something that's not moving, guess what it's doing? It's deteriorating. Everything is deteriorating. That's just, it's just what it's doing. I've got an elderly neighbor, and I, I offer to help quite often, especially like with things like with snow, and I'm like, hey, I can help shovel the driveway, and I go over, and she's like, no. I'm like, are you sure? And she's like, no. She goes, if I, if I don't, if you don't use it, you lose it, 
and I am not going to be stuck inside, and I can do this. So she's got a snowblower, but she's like, no, I am going to shovel. So she shovels her driveway. And it was, it was last year that a runner came by and found her laying down on the driveway, and it was snowing, and she had snow on her. She had slipped and hit her head. And so she's like under some of the snow, and so help her get up and all that. And I find out about that. We were at home, but I found out, and I'm like, you've got to let me help you. And she's like, no, I can do this. She's like, absolutely not. And again, you want to know what she says? She goes, if I, if, if I don't do it, I'll lose it. I'm doing it. She's like, I want to be able to do this. Let me just say this. When it comes to our faith, if we're not using it, we lose it. It doesn't just kind of stay there. It's like water. Water that doesn't move gets nasty. It's stagnant. It gets stinky. It's bad. We're meant to live by faith. It's meant to be something not, not special on Sundays, but that we live by faith on a regular basis. James 2.17 says it this way. So you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, unless it does that, it's dead and it's useless. It's meant to change the way that we live. It's like you don't use it, you lose it. It's useless, it's dead if we don't live that way. We need to be using it. But today what I want to talk about are some roadblocks to faith. Some roadblocks that most every single one of us are going to come across as we are living by faith, as we're walking that out. And the first one that we're going to talk about this morning, we're going to find, and we're going to go, and we're going to do some reading in the Old Testament, we're going to look at the Israelites. Now, anytime we read things in the Old Testament, number one, we can see that it's pointing to Jesus today. But the other thing we look at is it is an example for us to see what they did, how God did, and then to say, it still applies, how does that apply to my life today? So that's what we're going to look at. We're going to look at that right now. And in Genesis chapter 13, God makes a promise. And again, what is faith? Faith is, it's the evidence of things unseen, of a divine guarantee. This is God's guarantee. This is God's promise that he makes to a group of people, actually at this point, to a man named Abram. God later changes his name to Abraham, so we're just going to call him Abraham. Genesis chapter 13, 15, God says, I am giving all this land as far as you can see to you and your descendants as a permanent possession. Okay, God made a promise. He says, this land I'm giving to you and your descendants as a permanent possession. What does permanent mean? It doesn't change. Forever. This is it. Permanent. God confirms it again in Genesis 17. He says, I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you, your descendants after you for the generations to come. He's going to clarify this. He says, to be your God and the God of your descendants after you. Verse 8, the whole land of Canaan, where you now reside as a foreigner, I will give as an everlasting possession to you and your descendants after you, and I will be their God. So God makes a promise. He's like, look, this is what's going to happen. And this land that he's talking about is modern-day Israel and a lot more than what they have right now. God said, look, I'm giving this land to you. Here's the promise. Hundreds of years go by, the Israelites are no longer, the Israelites are not there. Abraham has children. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jacob has children. God changes his name to Isaac. 
Israel is where we get the name. He has his 12 sons, there's 12 tribes. And they find themselves in Egypt. They've been in Egypt for over 400 years. And God appears to a man named Moses. He appears to him in a burning bush. We find the account of this in Exodus chapter 3. God appears to him and says, look, go lead my people out of there. And guess what God brings up? He's like, why? Verse 17, I have promised to rescue you from your oppression in Egypt, and I will lead you to a land flowing with milk and honey. That's the land that he had promised. He says, the land where the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Pezzarites, Hivites, and Jebusites, and all the ites lived, apparently. This is where they were at. He says, look, I will bring them there. Exodus 6, 8, he's still saying, he says, I will bring you to the land that I swore. This is a promise. So this is something they have to stand on with an uplifted hand to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. I will give it to you as a possession. I am the Lord. So there's a promise. It's really clear. We see it to Abraham. God calls Moses and he says, look, tell the people this is what's going to happen. I'm going to take you out of here, but I'm not taking you just to nowhere. You're going to go to the land. I'm going to make good on my promise. But then this is what happens. God does amazing things, and the Israelites, sure enough, they leave Egypt. God strikes the Egyptians with ten plagues. They see what happens. They're, they're fleeing. They get to the Red Sea. They can't. What are we going to do? Because the Egyptians are coming after us. God splits the sea. They get across. There's no food. We're thirsty. God gets water from a rock. It comes right out of the rock. They drink that. We're hungry. Manna every morning is on the ground. They see all of these things that God is providing for them as they're on their way to the land that God promised them. We see it over and over in Scripture. But they get to the land that God promised them, and they send in 12 spies. One spy, one leader, one representative from each of the 12 tribes. And they all go into the land, and they come back out. And when they come back out, everybody gets together and they're like, tell us, what did you see? And they're like, oh my goodness, it truly is a land flowing with milk and honey. The Bible says that it took the the grapes that they brought out, it was so big, they put them on a pole and carried them between two people. They're like, "This, this land is amazing. And then they asked the question, and I'm paraphrasing, but they said, can we go in? Can we take this land? And 10 of the 12 spies said, and again, I'm paraphrasing, no. We can't do it. We looked with our eyes, and what we saw is no good. There's giants there. We will be destroyed. The cities are fortified. We cannot do it. And then two of the spies came back, and again, I'm paraphrasing, but they said this, yes, the land is great. Yes, the walls are fortified. Cities are big. There's giants there but God said we can, so we can. He will help us. We can do this. But the people believed the spies with the bad report. So guess what? They did not enter in. Here's what I want you to realize. Think about this with me real quick. God promised this. The promise was there. God was able but they chose not to believe. Why do I say they chose not to believe? Numbers 14, 11 says it this way. The Lord said to Moses, how long will these people treat me with contempt? 
How long will they refuse to believe in me in spite of all the signs I've performed among them? He's like, how? How could they not? I've led them out of Israel. I've done all of these things in front of them. They've seen all of this. So they did not enter in. Why did they not enter in? Was God able to give them the land? Yes. So let me, let me just say it this way. Did what God want to happen, happen? No. God wanted them to take that land, but they didn't because of their unbelief. Hebrews 3, verse 19. So we see that they were not able to enter because God didn't want them to? No. Because of their unbelief. Another way of saying that same thing is because of their lack of faith, that they just did not trust God. They looked at everything with their eyes, and yes, it was all true, but they looked at that, and they didn't think about what God had done for them. They didn't have faith, and God's like, fine, you don't want to go in, you won't go in. Here's what I want you to hear. Our faith is the channel that we interact with God with. And just like in Israel, God had something that he promised and he wanted for them, but they didn't receive. They did not receive because of their lack of faith. And that's true today. They did not go in because of their lack of faith. I think the number one faith stopper that we have is people who think this. Well, if God wants it, if that's what God wants, he'll do it. God wanted them in the promised land. The Bible says it was their lack of faith. It was their lack of faith. We have battles that we have to fight. The Israelites had some battles to fight to take it. You and I have battles to fight to stand on and to receive the promises of God. We're going to have to fight for them. Ephesians 6.12 says this, Our struggles are not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against the powers of this dark world. What was true then is true for you and me. Matthew 8, 13, Jesus is now walking. You might say, well, that was Old Testament, and that's different. Jesus, a centurion comes to Jesus and asks him, says, heal my servant. And this is what Jesus says. Matthew 8, 13, then Jesus said to the centurion, go your way, and as you have believed, so let it be done to you. And his servant was healed from that hour. If you have your Bibles, you want to underline this, where he says, go your way and as you have believed, under that, as you have believed, circle it, highlight it, whatever you do, as you have believed. He's like, it's up to you and your faith. It's as you have believed. And this is why it's so important that we stand on God's promises and we start small. We start in the little things that we're faithful and we see God faithful in return, that we forgive and, and we give and we say, man, it, it is, it is so much better to give than to receive. And we live a generous life and we do that. We say, yes, this is true. We hold on to God and we have that peace that passes all understanding. Because it says, according to your faith. Matthew 9, 28 says it like this. And when he had come into the house, the blind man came to him and Jesus said to them, do you believe that I'm able to do this? Blind guy's like, I want to be healed. And they said to him, yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes. And again, this is in red. Underline this, highlight this. What does he say? He says, according to your faith, let it be done to you. According to your faith. Our faith impacts what we will receive from God. 
One of my neighbors, I, um, we're back to some snow again. Uh, he, he, didn't, he didn't shovel his driveway one morning, and I've got some, some elderly neighbors, and they have like a competition like a leaf falls and they want to see who the first one is to like rake up that leaf and have the nicest yard. And, and, and snow is the same. So when snow starts falling, they get out there and they start getting their driveway and they want the first clean driveway. And I was always like, I don't care, whatever. I'll get stuck in my driveway. But anyways, but I've, I noticed that my neighbor didn't get out right away and didn't shovel his driveway. And I was like, oh. So I went over and I'm like, John, how's it going? And he's like, oh, it's going all right. And I'm like, um, would you like some help with your driveway? And he's like, actually, yes. He's like, I hurt my knee. He's like, I can't, I, I can't shovel it. And I, and I said, oh, okay. I said, well, I can shovel it for you. I said, but would you like me to pray for your knee? And, and we lived next to each other at this point for probably 15 years. And he just, I said, well, can, can I pray for your knee? And he goes, what would you do that for? And I'm like, what have I been doing? And I go, well, God can heal your knee. And he goes, no, he can't. I mean, not without a doctor, he can't. And I was like, oh, he can. Can I pray for your knee? And he goes, no. And he just walked off. And I was like, I have not been doing my job. I've lived here for 15 years. And is this the first time I've asked to pray for this guy? I'm like, oh, my goodness. But that's not the part of the story I want to emphasize. I think that's just God just hitting me with that one really hard right now. But anyways, <laughs> he didn't want prayer. And that's incredibly obvious to see. He had zero faith that God would do anything. And he's like, no, don't pray for me. Just, 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 just don't. That's why sometimes I think when we get to that point where we're so dependent and we need God to come through, that we see so much is because our dependency is where it needs to be, which is on God. I was out, out camping with, with some teenagers one time. We were out for spring break, and we went, we went hiking out in the Manistee Forest, and we went out like, I think, four or five miles. And it was spring break, and we're like, it's going to be warm, it's going to be great. So we hike out there, and I was, I was doing this youth trip, and I got a bunch of, bunch of kids with me, and so we're out there just having fun, and we hike all the way out, and we go to sleep. And that night, we're sleeping in tents. It got cold. It got cold. It's like spring break Michigan. It could be great. It could snow. It could be... You don't know. Well, we hit it wrong, and it was freezing cold. We had water on all the puddles and everything out there in the morning. But we're out there in the middle of the night, and I'm sound asleep. And all of a sudden, I, I hear like, on the tent. I'm like, what is going on? And then I hear like, like, like crying. And I'm like, oh no. And, and somebody, I don't remember who it was, one of the boys comes up to the side of the tent and they're like, hey, um, Jake's got a real bad earache and he, he, he can't sleep and he's crying. I'm like, what in the world? I'm like, we are miles away from anything. We're, it's the middle of the night, it's super cold, we don't have the right gear. And I'm, I'm so tired. And I'm just like, oh. I go, tell him to come here. Tell him to come here. I didn't even get out of my tent. So, so, so sure, enough, Jake, sure enough, Jake shows up and he's just like, my ears, like it's so bad. And I'm like, come here. And I'm like, we're going to pray. He's like, okay, yes, yes. I'm like, we're going to pray. I'm like, so I prayed and I'm like, okay, you're healed. Go back to bed. 
So he goes back to bed. I go to bed. We wake up in the morning. He's like, yeah, God healed me. He's like, God healed me. Absolutely. And I'm like, awesome. And then we go to leave. We go to leave the campsite. And the van, I'm sure it was the kids and not me, but the battery was dead. It's like church van. You got to have a church van story, right? You're like, oh man, what is it? So we get in there and I'm like, oh no, this is like, what are we going to do? We're out here. I'm supposed to get these guys home. The camping trip was already like a little bit like, oh no, it was too cold. We ended up coming back. They claimed I didn't have food. If you talk to any of those kids, they're like, we almost starved. They didn't. Okay. They did not. They were like two pounds of chicken each for each meal wasn't enough. They were just insane, the amount of food that they wanted to eat. But anyways, we were trying to get out of the woods, and, and the van wouldn't start, and the battery's dead, and all, everybody's in the car, and I'm like, oh my goodness. So I go around, and I'm like, here we go. So I pop the hood, and I go around, and it won't start, and I'm like, I, I, I got to go. Like, I've got to go. So I lay my hands on the battery. And I'm like, you lay hands on it, sick, and it recovers. I'm like, this thing's sick, it needs to recover and start. So I pray for this thing. And I get back in the car, and I go to start it. And it didn't start. It did not start. And here's what I want to say, is we live by faith. And I watched that boy's ear get healed. Well, I kind of heard it when he stopped crying. But... <laughs> And then a little bit later, I pray. The car didn't start. We had to get someone to come and jump it for it. It, it didn't start. We live by faith. But let, let, me, let me just say this. Don't let go of what you know because of what you do not understand. And so often we look and look, well, why didn't God do this? And what, what, what didn't happen here? Because A, B, C, and shouldn't D be next, and we're like, and we look, and there's things that, that I do not understand. There's things that I do not know, but I know that God's word is true, and I have faith, and I'm going to believe, and I'm going to stand on it. So yes, we pray for the sick, and we've seen lots and lots of people get healed, and miracles happening after service, and during the prayers that's happening, people are getting healed. Absolutely, God does heal. And chances are there's people in here that are like, well, I've got a story where he didn't. And what, what happened here? I don't know. But don't let go of what you know because of what you do not know. And I know what God's word is true. And hold on. Don't, don't let go of it. Do not let go of it. Faith isn't the desire for something. We can all desire something. It's trusting in God that he's going to do what he said. Know what God's promises are and stand on it. Stand on that promise. Hold on to it. You need to know it for yourself. Not something that somebody else knows. Not something, that, well, well, somebody else did it and I saw it and it worked here. But you need to know. One of my favorite stories in the Bible. It's found in Acts chapter 19. It says some Jews went around and they were driving out evil spirits and they tried to invoke the name of the Lord, over Jesus, over those who were demon-possessed, but they would say this, and this is what the Bible says, in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches. 
They're like, it worked for him, so I'm going to do it here. But here's the interesting thing. It says they went around doing this, that it worked. It worked in the name of the Lord that Paul preaches, in the name of Jesus that Paul preaches. It worked for a while. But then the Bible says, then came the day that it did not work. It did not work. And it says this in verse 14, Acts 19, 14, seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish priest, were doing this. And one day the evil spirit answered them, Jesus I know and Paul I've heard about, but who are you? Then they overpowered, then the man who had been the evil spirit jumped on them, overpowered them all, gave them such a beating that they ran out of the house naked and bleeding. That last part is why it's my favorite. Like, ouch, like seriously. It worked for a while. And let me just say this. Jesus came for a relationship. Your faith, you might have this, well, I saw mom and dad. I, know, I believe in God because of what they said. I, my, my parents, a grandma, an aunt, an uncle, a grandpa. But there will come a day where you need to know and you need to have, you have a relationship with God. Your faith is on God's promises for you and to you, not anybody else. Not the name of the Lord that Paul preaches, not something else, but you, you have a relationship. Jesus came for a relationship with you. And that these promises in God's word are for you, not somebody else. Yes, them, but they're for you. And you need to know what God's word says for yourself. The Bible says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. So what happens when we don't resist? He doesn't flee. It says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Not from somebody else. Not from 100 people if you get them to all pray at the same time on the same day for the same subject. No. He says, they will flee from you. You need to have that relationship. You need to know where you stand with God. And the last thing I want is for anybody to leave here feeling like, man, my faith isn't enough and condemned because something didn't happen and this didn't hear. I've said it, I'll say it again. I've prayed for people and they've been healed. I've prayed for people, felt nothing, left the hospital and got a call later. The cancer's gone. I felt nothing, thought nothing. Just like I'm doing it because this is what God's word says, so I do it. And I've prayed for people and they've died but I'm not going to let go of what I know because of what I do not understand. And here's what I want you to know. God's word is true. That God loves you. He sent his Savior, Jesus, to die to make a way for you to not only be free, but to have a relationship with him. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Before we dismiss, I want to make sure that every single one in here, you know where you stand with God. I don't want to assume that because you're here, because you're watching, because you're listening right now, that you have a relationship with God. Maybe, maybe that's you, that for you it was. It was just something that you did. It was a relationship that mom and dad had. Something that you just, you know, that's just what you guys did as a family, so you did it and you just kind of showed up here. Or maybe you're like, I don't even know why I'm here. I just kind of stumbled in. Jesus said, I came to give you life and life to the fullest, and he wants a relationship with you. He says that we've all fallen short. We know our shortcomings, and so does he. 
but that he made a way where there was no way so that we could be free and begin to walk out a relationship with him, that the promises that are in God's word, that they can apply to us and that we can receive them by faith. If you're here, you say, I want to be set free. I want to be forgiven. I want to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that when I die, I go to heaven. I want to be his. You can know beyond a shadow of a doubt. Romans says that if you confess with your mouth, let's just say it out loud, and you believe in your heart that Jesus died on the cross and rose again, you will be saved. You don't have to wonder or guess. You can know. So here's what I want to do. If that's you here this morning, you say, I want to know where I stand with God. Or maybe you're here and you say, you know what? There was a time I was living for God, but I turned my back on him. But today I need to come back. I'm going to declare I'm his again. If you're either of those, I would love the honor of praying for you right in your seat. So in just a minute, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand. And then we're going to pray. When we say amen, you can know beyond a shadow of a doubt where you stand with God. If that's you, get ready. One, all the way up. One, two, three. Right now, lift it high and say, that's me. Today is my day. Thank you. Thank you. Today is my day. All right. Hands down wherever you are. In this room, online. Let's just all pray this with those that lifted their hands. Let's pray this out loud. And if you lifted your hand, as you say these words, make them your own. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for sending your son so I could be free. From now on, I'm yours. Thank you for shedding your blood, for dying for me. God, forgive me and make me new. From now on, I'm yours. With all that I am, I'll serve you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church.